With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, it's just you and me, my loyal one percenters. I'm calling Wednesdays anything but sports Wednesday. You want me going off-road? Well, today you got it. I got takes and thoughts on movie theaters, the radio business, ice cream cookie sandwiches, and a whole lot more. Plus, an update on the worst dealership in the world. Your 45-minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, July 14, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Let's get cracking. Wednesdays are going to be anything but sports days. Although I did notice I've included a few sports-ish things in here. But otherwise, I will uh, go as off-road on Wednesdays with just you and me as possible. I figured this would be a good change of pace for the week. It will also, if I can bring you behind the curtain here, alleviate my production schedule just a bit because I realize that in my efforts to constantly make sure, oh shit, I got a tape on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night because I can't get behind with all the sports that's happening. Sports, sports, sports. I need a bit more flexibility. So if I'm talking non-sports, well, then I can record at any time. That was my voice cracked right there. I got a little bit of water right here. I apologize for eating on the podcast yesterday. I will never do it again. I got one email saying that was a disgusting act. Mm. Okay. Someone else said, my GERD sounds a lot better. How did you do it? It's better. It's still not right. And I've got to fix that. So I guess I've got to go back to the same doctor and say, well, still not happy with where it's at. What do you recommend now? Because it's still in there just a little bit. All right, I'll go through 10 items like album cuts. Some are longer than others. Some are better than others. Skip through the ones you do or do not like. Cut number one. Things are dying and it makes me sad. No, I don't mean people. I don't mean me, although people die, and I believe I'm going to die at some point. I mean things are dying that make me sad. For example, I got to do a shift at WJFK in D.C., 106.7 The Fan, 2 to 6 p.m. Actually, 2 to 6.30 p.m., I found out. (laughs) I was like, all right, four hours. It's going to be long, but I can get through it. And then it's like, no, we're on until 6.30 I'm like, four and a half hours. Good God. I think it produced one of my longest days of broadcasting yet, which would be three and a half hours when you count nine to noon and the crossover, not the crossover, the five wide. Five wide goes another 15 minutes in the morning. I count that as a half an hour. And then four and a half hours in the afternoon. So that's three and a half, four and a half, seven, that's eight hours. And then another 45 for the podcast last night. That's damn near nine hours. Nine hours shooting cake crumbs into the little ridges of this Rode microphone. This Rode Podcaster Pro mic, which is a good mic. Good value mic. Small, good sound. If you don't have GERD, 
It's a lot of hours to be talking into the microphone. Anyway, I was lucky enough to do the afternoon shift. I was filling in for Grant and Danny. They're the new afternoon guys. They've been the midday guys at 106.7 for a long time. And I thank Chris Kennard, the program director, for having me and trusting me with the day part. And I think we did a good job, myself and Chris Knocky. It was a very fun, breezy thing to do. We actually traveled. I went downtown. So did Knocky. We were make sure we were in the studio. Even though we could have, in theory, done it remotely, I wanted to be there. And I really had not seen much of their facility or their studios. And I got to sit in the main sports junkie studio that is also a TV studio because they're also on television in the mornings on the local uh, Comcast Sportsnet channel, which is now NBC Sports Washington. But yeah, you get the point. So it was really nice. It was cool to be there. It was great to do it. But I took a walk around the building, which is the Odyssey DC headquarters. Odyssey being the company that used to be known as Entercom, big radio operator, one of the f- three or four big ones out there, along with iHeart and Cumulus. And I couldn't help but notice how empty so many studios were and how empty so many nice offices were. And I noticed how many empty cubicles there were. And then I talked to my boy, Sally, who still goes in there to produce the afternoon show on 980 with uh, Pete Medhurst and Chris Russell. And I said, where are your hosts? He goes, oh, they don't come in here. I go, really? He, go, he goes, no. They come in via, you know, Comrex, via digital connection. I said, wow. And he said, yeah, you know, uh, CK, the program director, said everything's going virtual these days. Took a look around the building at all this emptiness. Easily 60% empty. Ghost town. On a Monday afternoon, and I thought, my God, none of this is coming back. It's only going to get worse. And it made me sad because this is the business and the industry that I cut my teeth in and I came of age in, and this is what I've done for a living my entire life. And it's just not the same. Also, I got to be perfectly candid. The people there keep the office a disheveled, I think, disgusting mess. It needs to be cleaned up, tidied up, sorted out, stuff put away. It was just, ugh. There was trash that was rotting in the hallway. You could smell it. They had a fruit fly infestation that they said they were working on, but I didn't see any evidence of that. Not what I would want to put up with every day if I was going in there. But anyhow, once upon a time in radio, and this is probably true of a lot of industries, and it just is what it is, is we had way more bodies running the operation. For example, every show had probably two hosts minimum, one update anchor, one producer, one board op, one phone screener, and then even on top of that, maybe one intern in the control room doing whatever scut work jobs get thrown at the intern. Hey, go get this. Go get that. Now, if you have one host and one board up, that's probably the norm. Management-wise, we had a program director. We had an assistant program director. We would have a sales general manager, and we would have a general general manager above him or her. We had a receptionist back in the day, Miss Peggy, fantastic receptionist. She was the jack of all trades. She knew everything that was going on in the building and with every department, and she was congenial, and she was on the spot, and she was there to answer the phones and let people in the door. Like there's any receptionist left anywhere. We had a promotions director. We had an assistant promotions director. We had staffers, interns. None of it is coming back, and it makes me sad. Uh, What can I say? The times were good. The times are changing. Cut two. The theatrical window is also dead. Case I'm not breaking any news for you people out there. Movie theaters are fucked. Black Widow did a so-called great weekend. Last weekend at the box office, $80 million, which is a 
pandemic record, they say. Oh, a pandemic record, huh? That's now, talk about hashtag not a record. 60 million of it, though, was streaming. Disney Plus offered it to people for $29.99. And don't worry, that means ma and dad and kid and brother. And you can bring the whole damn neighborhood to watch it in your house for $29.99. I said, nah, even though I've got a nice big theater with big surround sound, I still want to see it in the proper theater. I want to see it 40 feet tall, not four feet tall. But the 20 million, so of the 80 million it did, according to this article I read, 60 million was streaming, 20 million came from theaters, or as they call them, exhibitors. Guess what they have to do with the exhibitors? Split the money. Half, Eddie. We want the half. The 60 mil streaming, oh, Disney gets to keep all that. It means the typical three-month window, the so-called theatrical window, that supported the entire movie theater, brick-and-mortar, exhibition industry is as dead as can be right now. And it's never coming back. Not the way it once was. It's a damn shame. Because now theaters, once upon a time, theaters could say, well, if you're going to release this, either on DVD or physical media or somewhere else, right away, we're not going to show it in theaters. And, and the movie studios would be like, oh, shit, we can't do that. So they would back off. They wouldn't do that. Now it's flipped. The power is on the other foot. And so the movie theaters are fucked, and the studios are in a pretty decent position to make some money, at least on the blockbuster movies. For example, though, here's how far it's fallen. Avengers Endgame, which played in April of 19, played in 4,600 theaters. Black Widow played in 4,100 theaters nationwide. So it's down, obviously, but it's within shouting distance. The average gross at each theater first weekend for Avengers Endgame, $76 million. The average per theater gross for Black Widow, $19,000. A massive 75% drop. And it's not going to get any better. Even worse. There's no good movies being made anymore. And what do I mean by good? I mean anything courageous, offbeat, untried, geared toward adults. Movies that could be, you know, a date night. No memorable movies that make you think or laugh or cry. No comedies, no rom-coms either. I went back through the years here, decade by decade, filmsite.org. And I just said, all right, let's go to the 80s. Here are the top 20 films of the 1980s in domestic gross. E.T., Star Wars, and Star Wars were the top three. Star Wars, Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back were two and three. Okay, fine. E.T. is a sci-fi, family, feel-good movie. It's not a comedy per se, not romantic, but it was... An interesting cross of genres, right? Batman 4, Raiders of the Lost Ark 5. Okay, a lot of, lot of big blockbuster movies, summer movies. We still have those to a certain extent, but they're mostly franchises. But then look at some of these movies. Ghostbusters, oddball comedy. Beverly Hills Cop, screechingly funny buddy cop movie. Tootsie. Crocodile Dundee, Rain Man, Three Men and a Baby, Fatal Attraction, Gremlins, Rambo. I mean, these were actually unique movies that crossed the gamut of dramas and comedies and everything else. It started getting worse in the 90s. But you still had some stuff that was interesting. Yes, Titanic was number one, Star Wars Episode One, Phantom Menace, which sucked, was two, Jurassic Park three. But after that, Home Alone, Sixth Sense. Forrest Gump, Mrs. Doubtfire, Ghost, Saving Private Ryan, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Dances with Wolves, The Fugitive, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. They're not making any of these movies anymore. In the 2000s, it really took a turn. Pretty much all the top 20 movies were either big sci-fi franchises 
or based on comic books or kids movies. Avatar, Dark Knight, Shrek, Pirates of the Caribbean, Spider-Man, Transformers, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Spider-Man 2, Passion of the Christ, that's the one. Lord of the Rings again, Spider-Man 3. How in the hell? Oh, this is 2000s, the whole decade. Yeah, Spider-Man. Finding Nemo, kids movie, Shrek the Third, kids, Transformers, sci-fi, Iron Man, comic book, Harry Potter, book adaptation, Indiana Jones, tired franchise, Lord of the Rings, book, Star Wars Episode Two. Do I need to read the 2010s? It's even worse. There's nothing in there that is remotely other than just big-time sci-fi or comic book adaptation with a ton of CGI or kids' movie. Things are dying, and it's making me sad. Cut three. Live from, not from. Can you really say it's live from on the Golf Channel for a major if you're not actually live from there. I noticed how the main set for the Golf Channel's coverage this week at the Open Championship at Royal Burkdale, which is Sandwich. Is it Burkdale? I think it is. They're not actually there, which of course I think has to do with the insane travel restrictions that the UK still is clinging to, at least through July 19th. More on that coming up in a second. But a lot of it has to be, well, Why don't we just send Todd Lewis, which they did. He's boots on the ground. Maybe they've got one other guy, but they're not actually live from there. I can't tell you once again how much I enjoyed and how much I relished the shows leading up to the actual golf during a major, especially for the ones at the Open Championship where you didn't really know the place or the links or the town or what was going on. And so to feel like you're there with the whole big, robust traveling crew at the Golf Channel was magic. You would at least have four experts on set, two on-course guys, an essayist, a tour beat reporter like Rostafort. You had stories about being there, who they saw, first-hand reports, the atmosphere, the pubs, the, the restaurants. You had that constant connection with the background behind the set of the weather and the course and the setting, and you felt like you were there. Expensive, oh, yes, but great. That's gone, at least for this week. Who knows if it'll ever come back. I would imagine the bean counters are gone. Do we really need to ship the set all over the country? The next to go will be the PGA, and then the next to go is the U.S. Open. Then the next, the last to go, if they ever decide to cut it, they probably won't, is Augusta. But at least that's fairly, well, it used to be close to Orlando. That's the other problem. The old, the old golf channel was so good when it was back in Orlando before it got bought out by NBC Sports and pretty much turned into a cut-rate shop, a skeleton crew. Not just live from being a big production, but shows like Grey Goose, 19th Hole, Big Break, The Haney Project. These were cheesy, nutritionless television shows revolving around golf. But guess what? They were comfort food, weren't they? As a golfer, you could flip it on and go, <laughs> Barkley sucks. He's never getting better. Guess what? Spoiler, he got better. You can watch The Big Break and see a bunch of very, attractive and fit ladies out there shooting their 81s and 79s and go, "Ah, she could be my girlfriend, and then falling asleep to it. They got rid of all those shows. I guess, I don't know, did they not make any money? Is there not a way to make a dime at least on those shows? The robust morning show with my guy Gary Williams and Matt Janella and Jeff Shackelford, who can be a bit of a pompous architecture nerd at times with the guest pros that would drop in because, hello, this place was in Orlando where all the pros live. Gone. It's shit now. It's not getting better. It's not coming back. Things are dying, and it makes me sad. Cut four. Ice cream cookie sandwich. Help me if you know what the deal is on this. There is a concoction that is delicious that I'm sure you have had and you know quite about and I I know you know all about it it is the ice cream cookie sandwich two chocolate chip cookies vanilla ice cream in the middle 
Sometimes, thanks to the Mars Candy Corporation, M&M chocolate chip cookies. Mm. However, I've noticed there is only one brand that I have seen, and I think, don't know the name exactly, there's only one brand of cookie ice cream sandwich that I prefer, and that is the one that has little chocolate chips welded to the exterior rim of the vanilla ice cream center, almost like fine little kitchen tiles all the way around. That extra little chocolate chip crunch and chocolate. I've noticed somehow Mars and or whoever makes the ice cream cookie sandwich that is in most stores doesn't have the chocolate chips on the side. And I say to myself, surely they've they've thought about that, right? Surely they've had this other chocolate chip cookie sandwich and have said, hmm, I'll tell you what, you know what, Bill? We, we ought to put some chocolate chips on the side of this thing. That's what we ought to do. But they haven't, and they don't, and it doesn't seem like they're going to. And I've been to multiple convenience stores and gas stations around town looking for where is that one brand that has the chocolate chips on the side? So it dawned on me, is it possible that that company has some sort of patent on that style of chocolate chip cookie sandwich? Because the problem with that style in that company is I've noticed it's of inferior overall quality. The chocolate chip cookies are way more... Not sure what the word is I'm looking for, but just let's just say substandard. They're good enough to eat. I like them, okay. But I keep thinking, man, if they were to ever make a cookie sandwich and put some oomph into the cookies and put the chips around the outside, oh, oh, oh man, I would be 298 pounds right now instead of the current number. What's that, Baldy? I'm not telling you. I know this. Not having this ice cream. Van Leeuwen Ice Cream and Kraft have debuted mac and cheese flavored ice cream. No, that's a hard no. 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 It's comfort food in a cone, says the New York Post. A limited edition mac and cheese flavored ice cream will hit freezers nationwide this week. It'll go on sale for $12 a pint, and it'll go on sale today, Wednesday. The 14th to mark National Mac and Cheese Day. Disgusting. It looks disgusting because it looks like it might be peach ice cream, but then you know it tastes like mac and cheese, and it just scrambles the brain in terms of, no, I I don't want that flavor here and cold and warm. No, no. I think we can all agree, who doesn't love mac and cheese as a warm comfort food, even a meal? with a little bit of protein sprinkled in somehow. Everybody with a brain and taste buds likes mac and cheese, except for the most fanatic of healthy eaters. And who doesn't like ice cream, but I don't want them together. Boo. Cut five. Ideal hair length. What's my ideal hair length? I don't know. I've been thinking about this because I have tried in the past to go fully committed to taking it down to the wood, on my balding, middle-aged dome. I have even purchased this thing called the Pitbull Shaver, which fits in your palm, excuse me, fits in your palm, fits in your palm, and it's like a Norelco, you know, electric razor, and uh, it'll it'll take it down to the wood. It'll get your head nice and shiny, really, really short. The problem is you got to definitely do it every other day, the other problem is the hairs inside the little Norelco things. You got to constantly try to rinse it out, even take off the things and tap them out. It's disgusting. It's a lot of work. But I realized that I just couldn't stay with it because it was too cold for me. It got too drafty on my super bare head. And I didn't like how sticky it was either. If I wanted to kind of gently rub the back of my head, It was just very sticky and icky. I couldn't do it. Now, if you are somebody who takes your now balding hairline 
down to the wood. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I don't judge. Please, though, save me any instructions on, well, you got to do this. You need this as aftercare. You need to get this particular, you know. I'm telling you, I'm out. I've finally decided I'm not doing that. I'm going to go with probably a little bit of fuzz somewhere between, say, Matt Lauer. Sorry about the bad comparison. Bad man. You were a bad man, Jerry. You're a bad man, Matt. And Rich Eisen. I want some fuzz. It it does keep my head so much warmer. It doesn't take much. I'm thinking it's two weeks of growth. It might be a little bit more. I probably need to start keeping notes, but I think that's where it belongs. Once it gets long enough and thick enough to really accentuate the dreaded bald horseshoe, that's when I'm going to have to take it back down again. But ideal hair length. Think about it. If you have a thought, let me know. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cut six. Van update. Well, it looks like the good folks at Dulles Motor Cars in Leesburg, Virginia, are now playing the game of new phone who dis. Have not returned, return, returned, have not returned any of my calls since I finally got through to David Black, general manager of sales. And we had that short and contentious phone call, which was Wednesday of last week at 12 16 p.m. in the afternoon, at which time he assured me he would call me back, quote, unquote, within the hour with their final decision on the matter regarding my utterly botched backyard paint job for which they've got no receipts, no records, and can't even direct me as to which Julio did it in his backyard shed. That was last Wednesday. I called him back first thing on Monday. The front desk said, Mr. Black does not get in until noon on Mondays. And I said, well, must be a nice job for him. He also didn't have to return calls, apparently. So I said, well, please let him know that Steve Zabin called. And he would like to return to the matter for which he said he would call me back an hour later on Wednesday of last week. Here's my phone number. 703. Are you really going to give this out? No, I'm not going to give it out of the air. 
Since then, crickets. The other jam car in this scenario is one Angela Ola, customer service, or in her case, customer disservice, who has seemingly avowed herself of any further action on this matter, has not followed up with me via email or anything, and I called her today, and I left a voicemail for her. I said, I really need four things from you guys, just four. One, who did this paint job? Two, what did it cost? Three, where are they located? Four, where's the receipt? So now it looks like, to me, as I'm looking at the big picture, the dealership realizes we fucked up. And by we fucked up, Ray Hartley, asshat salesman of the year, douchebag. He fucked up. And he did something underhanded and probably did something illegal. And the dealership, I think, knows it. So they have a strong disincentive to go, okay, here, let's get that car in. Let's go ahead and get it fixed. Because I could probably have them get it repainted and then still turn around and go, oh, and by the way, you sold me this, quote, accessory and never don't have any receipt for it, which means it technically was never delivered, and you're still legally fucked, and I'm going to sue you now after my van is painted for more money. They're probably thinking the, the only course of action is to literally just put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. So fine. Much like the county commissioner who was rebuffed by Ace Rothstein in the great movie Casino, as he just smiled trying to get his nephew's job back, and he said, well, I never will understand you people, but if that's how you want to go about it, then we'll go ahead and we'll deal with it our way if it hair-lips the governor, whatever the hell that means. So I've had a few suggestions on how to file a complaint with the state attorney general regarding consumer fraud. I could use some more legal advice. I could use some more dealership advice. I could use some more manufacturer advice if you know about who to complain to where. But yes, the summary case is going to be typed up. It's going to be printed. It's going to be emailed. It's going to be faxed. I'm going to woof it like Ryan Howard in the office. I will deliver it via certified mail to every office in that dealership. I will send it up the food chain to Ram and to Chrysler and to everybody else. I will send it to Lee Iacocca's family if I have to. You know, he's dead. I mean, do you really? Well, he was a guy at Chrysler. Helped turn Chrysler around. Just thought he might want to know. Well, his family might want to know. And I'll keep you updated. Cut seven. COVID kills. COVID drowns. COVID is still a thing. Headline, heat waves and COVID-19 causing alarming rise in drownings across the U.S. I'm sorry, but what? Thehill.com reports that this summer there's been an increasing number of drownings taking place in lakes, rivers, backyard pools with some experts believing that the heat waves and children who are not able to be taught how to swim during the pandemic are to blame. Hey, you know what? Not a terrible theory, although it could just be a, you know, increase in drownings. Could be people just eager to get out after all this lockdown and going more YOLO than normal. It's tough to say. But here's the thing. COVID-19 didn't cause that. The lockdowns and the worst public health response in the history of the Western world is what causes these drowning deaths, not COVID-19. Headline, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett wants to use 13 mil in COVID relief funds for job training. Um, so I guess giving it back was never considered. (laughs) That's not how government works. The government works like this. Oh my God, there's a crisis. There's a crisis. Holy shit. Get him his money. Okay. How much do you need? I don't know. A lot. Just print it. And then treasury gun goes. It prints out a lot of money. And then. The localities and the mayors and the governors get the money. And then whether or not the money is spent on what it was supposed to be spent on, bah, you got you guys have fun with it. So giving it back, that that never happens. Job training. 
job. We don't have people taking the jobs that are open right now. Job training. Oh, okay. In the UK, COVID passports and masks will now be required at sporting events, even after England finally lifts restrictions on July 19th. Meanwhile, France and their president, Macron, went even further because of Delta. Oh my God, there's a surge in Delta. Look at the case curve, the chart of where the virus was and where this Delta surge is. It is literally the tiniest little lip at the end of the curve, way smaller than the biggest mountainous peaks of the pandemic and its cases. And you will laugh. You will laugh or you will cry at the death of free Western society, one country by another. Here's the, oh, and France says shopping malls and supermarkets too and travel and everything else. Here's the problem. Vaccines might be failing already in certain places. Israel, UK, in certain states here in the US where there is a high rate of vaccination, they are seeing cases go up again, which could be the Delta variant, but it also is a lot of people who are supposedly fully vaccinated. Oh, what are you spreading some vaccine rumors? You're just as, no, I'm just saying it's quite possible that there is vaccine failure after three, four, five, six months because they hadn't tried this for more than a few months. We're still learning as we go. Elsewhere, numbers of fully vaxxed are on the rise, and there's a talk of a booster shot needed, a potential booster shot in the fall. A third booster shot, which a lot of people are saying, whoa, whoa. If the second of the two Moderna shots knocks a lot of people on their ass, what's a third one going to do? Shit, you'd be first on that third one. Others are saying, so wait a minute. If the own, if the, if big pharma, if the vaccine makers themselves don't think their own product is even effective for six months or beyond that, is it really worth getting it? That's a good question. It's one normal people are making and that the government is furiously trying to say, stop asking questions. Okay. We're sending a, a, we're sending crews out to your neighborhood and they're going to talk to you about this. Okay. Just get it. All right. Also, the World Health Organization says, stop mixing and matching vaccines. Apparently, some people start with the J&J and they go to the AstraZeneca. Or they start with the Moderna and then they go to the Pfizer. They're like, yeah, no, we shouldn't be doing this because, you know, we, we, we don't really know how this is going to work out. Oh, you what? Oh, you don't know how that's going to work out? Oh, did you test this thing? Yeah, we tested it. Some. I mean, not as much as others, but yeah. Now, just get it, for God's sakes. Gail King, CBS's This Morning host, said her Thanksgiving festivities, now still a full, let's see, one, two, three, four months away, will go on without any members of her family who are not yet vaccinated. Well, good, because I didn't want to go anyway. Your Thanksgiving sucks. In the UK, there's hazmat photo shoots going on for reasons that, well, I don't know, Maybe the government knows, but they're very weird. Take a listen to this. COVID cleaner. COVID cleaner. Are you for real? What the fuck? That's something out of fucking... <laughs> sure, bro, Titan. He's in a full hazmat suit. He's got really goggles on. He's got a full respirator, a backpack. There's a woman with a cleaning bucket and a vest on that says keep you're not even doing you're just doing that for paparazzi why are you doing this and and the guy stops and he puts his hand with a rag on a surface near an atm and just stands there while the woman takes pictures on her cell phone you're not even cleaning what are you doing is it is this is this for the media is this for the media who are you what are you doing you're taking photos for the media why are you dressed like that why are you dressed like that? You're taking photos for the media. What? Helping! She's not doing nothing. Get all here to make fear in people's heads. This is, there ain't a pandemic. Take your mask off and all. Oh my God. Look, you're taking photos. You're not even doing it, but you, listen. You know, all you're doing is taking photos.
Oh, my God. And here in the U.S., this apparently was a real grown-ass man on TikTok, of course, which no grown-ass man should be on TikTok. Tis a teenager and adolescent, a child's medium. But here he was singing his best Elsa Coronation Day rendition of Vaccination Day instead. And you got to see this guy to go, wait a minute. My first thought was it's a work, it's a joke, it's a spoof, it's a scam. But you look at his face, you listen to his voice, you pick up on other clues with him, and you go, nope, this guy's legit. It's vaccination day. It's vaccination day. It's time for vaccine shot number two. I've got my mask with Pikachu, but I am running seven minutes late. I hope they'll jab me anyway. I really want this shot today. Now my fear of COVID can abate. You double mask, by the way. actual real life people. It'll be totally strange. Wow, am I so ready for this change. And for the first time in forever, I'll emerge from my lockdown. For the first time in forever, I'll go catch Pokemon downtown. My right-wing friends might think I'm crazy for being cautious all along. But for the millionth time in forever, I'm pretty sure they're wrong. (laughs) My right-wing friends. He doesn't have any right-wing friends. Spoiler, he doesn't have any friends. We're fucked. We're beyond fucked. Not as fucked as Ireland, though. 66-year-old grandmother has been sentenced to 90 days in jail for not wearing a face mask in stores. Granted, she did it multiple times. She flaunted the government by saying, what are you going to do? She got hit with one penalty, and it was temporarily put on hold, like a 30-day sentence. She said, nope, fuck you. And many would say, well, those are the rules. Good, throw her in the clink. A 66-year-old woman not wearing a mask, 90 days in jail, in Ireland. And I had loved Ireland so much when I visited with my wife for our 20th anniversary. What has happened to you? American Airlines. Somebody said the stewardess came on the intercom and said that if they do not want to comply with the mask mandate, quote, we'll be happy to suggest other modes of transportation. Oh, wow. Passive-aggressive much? You know, it's one thing to say we have to enforce this. It's still the law. But, you know, give a wink and a nod to we're really not enthusiastic about doing it. It's another thing to be complete bitches about it. But what are you going to do? You're going to drive somewhere? Those who can probably will. But, man, these airlines. I guess the translation is the world just as bad as I thought. Getting worse all the time. I don't have any pretty stories to tell you. Cut eight. Death by selfie. Hong Kong-based Instagram rising star Sophia Chung died Saturday during a content creation session where she was trying to get a selfie with friends at a waterfall where she fell 16 feet to her death. That's it. Just 16 feet did the trick. According to the Sun newspaper, Chung and friends went to Ha Pak Lai Park, a popular spot for hikers to get some fresh new content. Hashtag content. At a waterfall located at Pineapple Mountain, which many people call the Grand Canyon of Hong Kong. A Brazilian woman died late last week after falling off a cliff in Australia. Then there was, uh, there's apparently so many selfie deaths. India, there's a website that tracks this. India currently sits atop the selfie death leaderboard with the U.S. in second. And guess where most selfie deaths occur? Railways. Rail, I got to get that railroad selfie. I got to get myself right as the train goes. Followed by cliffs and then rivers. Drownings are atop the leaderboard as the cause of death, but falling off a cliff is a very close second. It's all about the content. You know, going back, I once said I would travel in time to strangle, strangle the internet in its crib. I need to amend that. The internet was fine. It's social media. And smartphones that fuck the world up. 
Cut nine, Quibi. Long live Quibi, even though Quibi is dead. The Jeffrey Katzenberg-led mobile premium video service that lasted all of six months and blew through $40 billion in cash still had three of its pricey original series win an Emmy Award nomination. <laughs> Reno 911, Die Hard, and Mapleworth Murders. Of course, you can't send an Emmy Award nomination into Visa to pay the bills for what it cost to make those shows. From Beyond the Grave, Quibi got more Emmy nominations than Fox or Showtime. And uh, one note is that Quibi's nods were in the less competitive short-form categories, which is what the app supposedly specialized in. Finally, cut 10, Rednecks. Man survives 100-foot jump into alligator-infested river, and he did it on purpose. This is one of the all-time gobsmackers. Jimmy Ivan Jennings, 26. Jimmy Ivan. Jimmy Ivan, what you doing? Man, that's just Jimmy Jennings. He's crazy. Crazy motherfucker, that Jimmy Jennings. In Louisiana, 26 years old, fully clothed as he jumped into the river from the span of the bridge that is part of Interstate 10. Why did he do it? He said he was bored sitting in traffic as everything was snarled due to a big accident that had occurred on the roadway. He jumped into the Atchafalaya River. It sparked an hours-long search and rescue effort, but they finally got him alive. What makes it even more crazy is somebody filmed it. What did I say about phones and social media ruining the entire world? Here's the audio of this jump. And he just, he bolts across the stalled traffic on the bridge, does a deft two-handed half push-up hop over the railing, and then you see him just all the way to 100 feet. Lived. Normally, you don't land just right on that. You're dead on impact. He lived. But listen to how long it takes him to finally hit water. Start swimming. <laughs> Start swimming. Jump right there. One, two, three. Wow. So once he hit the ground or once he hit the water, he said his plan was to jump from the Atchafalaya Basin Bridge and then swim quickly back to shore and jump right back into his friend's car. We were bored inside the truck. I looked down to the water. It didn't seem too far. As soon as my fingertips came off that side, I was like, oh, my God, this was the stupidest idea. No shit. The viral video of Jennings plummeting into the river sees him taking a running jump before hopping over the barrier. But a rescue did not come fast enough. He was forced to remain in the alligator-infested water for almost three hours. Said Jimmy, I was just high on life. Everything was going my way, and I've seen people do it before. Only I remembered after I jumped, that was in the movies, he wrote on Facebook. Yeah. Once I hit the water, my mouth busted open and I hurt my left arm. I tried to swim to the shore, but the current was too strong. Hour and a half in, I'm so tired of swimming, my left arm went out. I turned onto my back and would push my right hand and my legs whenever I went under. I was praying the entire time. Eventually, Jennings was able to swim against the current and crawl back onto the shore of a small island. He then had to use another board in order to sacrifice, in order to reach the mainland where the authorities found him and placed him promptly in handcuffs. Quote, they got me with criminal mischief and some other charges. It was crazy to do what I did, but after the fact, after realizing it was a bad idea, everything else I did was in pure survival mode. The man from Lafayette, Louisiana, has vowed to never do anything similar in the future. He said, quote, I don't even want to swim anymore. You know what? I'm going to bet that old Jimmy Ivan Jennings, 26, he's going to do something stupid again. What do you think? Am I right? His days of stupid ain't over. Because now, remember, he's famous. He's internet famous. He's viral famous. And there's video of the stunt. And God forbid he gets a single endorsement deal out of this by somebody. 
It'll only encourage more idiots to jump off 100-foot bridges. Next time, though, eh, let's not go looking for them. Just say, well, sucks to be you. Good luck. And uh, the shore is that way. Point them in the right direction and say, good luck to you, my friend. All right, that is a wrap for today. I enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, give me some feedback. A little midweek break. Almost everything but sports today. A quick off-road jaunt as we get back to the sports-ish related and guest-oriented content that you also know and love from the Zane. Thanks for listening. Rate and review if you get a chance. It helps with our algorithmic overlords. Have a great day, and we will see you next time. Be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the Alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with mybookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.